welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we gave each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with Elizabeth Alley and Tyler Hymanson. Whoa, I think Eliz was asleep. I really was, yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily, if you fall asleep in the Poltergeist universe, nothing really bad happens to you, so it's totally fine. Sure. No. <laughs> uh, we're back this week. Talking about, you know, I we're back. Yeah, I was gonna do that. I was gonna do that, but I was like, ah, I did it last time. Uh, <laughs> we're back to talk about Poltergeist Two: The Other Side. Mm-hmm. But you know, every week we have a special ask of our listeners. Please, Eliz, how can our listeners interact with us every 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 week, each and every week? Yes, let us know about. Tales of the Other Side at uh, sequelrights at gmail.com and give us your suggestions for future franchises as well. Or find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sequel Rights. And we need stars. We need your Apple Podcast review stars so we can fuel our interstellar space engine. Your stars uh, are our power. That's right. <laughs> We eat stars, stars. for breakfast. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, and if you leave us a review or send us an email, we'll be happy to read it out loud. We'll be more than happy to read it or out loud. Or act it out in a one-act play. Yes, mm. we'll do it live, hey. as they say. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, as Elis said last week, if you send us a review on uh, the international iTunes, please email us um, at sequelrights at gmail.com a screenshot of that, because uh, we don't have the international iTunes, so uh, we can't see your review. Blame Trump. We want to see it. It's all his fault. <laughs> ah, but without further ado, let's take a trip to the other side. Okay, now you might be thinking, like, what the fuck is going on in that is trailer? That a spooky Halloween sound no, effects record. <laughs> so now you know you don't even you need to buy a spooky sound effects <laughs> record. You can just play the Poltergeist Two trailer at your Halloween party. Yeah, I was like, I was gonna play maybe the whole thing, but it goes on for like a minute, and there's not that much more. But like, it, you might not have heard a lot going on as far as like you know, there's no movie trailer voice guy, uh, you know, voiceover or anything. But uh, I think it's actually a pretty effective trailer because it's just like kind of flashing all these scenes, like horrific scenes from the movie. And, and uh, as the, uh, what's his face walks up to their house and it's just like really kind of like, esoteric creep. Well, and I feel like she didn't even say it that way in the movie. Like, I feel like they recorded that just sort of a trailer. Because the first movie she goes, they're here. Mm-hmm. This one, when she realized they were back, it was just like, they're back! Like, it was yeah. definitely, like, more scared and, like, a, not the, like, creepy, like, ah. She's, like, underneath a blanket. It's very strange. And also, the audio in the movie sounds weird yeah. when she says it. Yeah. Um, but, you know what? They are back! Poltergeist to the other side. I... 
was shocked to see the entire family back for this yes. movie. <laughs> well, except Not, for the daughter that got killed. That's true. Okay, you're right. The daughter that no longer Which, in a, instead of just being like, she's in college, they just completely ignored the fact that Which she ever apparently they were they, were, they shot the scene where, or they were going to shoot the scene where, like, she's in college, but this movie apparently also ran 130 minutes at one point <laughs> and, and comes in at a clean 90. Yeah. Wow, thank God. I felt like it was kind of short, actually. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it's one of those movies that uh, we'll get into it, but uh, a bunch of these scenes appear out of order in the released film. Uh, so there's there are things that were not originally meant to be shown in this order being shown in this order. Okay. And it has a wealth of continuity errors. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> Characters blink in and out of existence. Uh, Literally in yes. a couple scenes. Yep. Um, yeah, I was watching this and I was like, oh, they, they replaced the daughter with a grandma. <laughs> like, gotta have another, gotta have another family member. Let's That's right. And make it be the grandma. <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole family for the most part is back. Jerry Goldsmith is back. Yep. Yeah, doing some weird shit. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, believe it or not, did not get the Academy Award nomination this time around. <laughs> Couldn't bring that back. I, I read before watching this movie that it got a comedy uh, a comedy award. <laughs> <laughs> that. And an Academy Award nomination for visual effects. And I don't think it deserved that. <laughs> well, I was like, this is like, you know, the, the this is like the big summer blockbuster that gets... Uh, yeah, right. Gets was the, it a uh, nomination? Transformers. Did yeah. he get a nomination for best original song for God is in his holy temple? <laughs> I don't think so. It did not. It is did that not. like an actual hymn? Or is I that was looking that up this? and uh, there's a couple, you know, himmery.org or whatever. Yeah. Uh, himmery.org that listed as uh, author anonymous. Uh, there's one other website that lists it as having been... The text having been taken from 1864 Hymns of the Spirit. Okay. So Alrighty. maybe at least the text was, uh, you know, not original text. And according to Wikipedia, it was sampled in a Marilyn Manson song. Mm. Yeah. From this really movie. Shocking. Which is uh, on point, I think, because that's one of the creepier parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. Julian Beck's character. Oof. Terrifying. Um yeah, so we kind of pick. Uh, no, actually, you know what? We we don't pick right nope, up with the family. No. <laughs> We're in Monument Valley. <laughs> yeah, we pick back up with uh, some weird, not mystical weird, like, native yeah, stuff. Native yep. American mysticism. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, we have. Um, we're introduced to Will Sampson's character Taylor, who is uh, apparently really good at climbing. Climbs to the top of a very high spire. <laughs> yeah, Mission Impossible 2 style. No, it's like, it's funny. It shows like this impossibly high uh, spire in Monument Valley. And uh, um, it shows him looking up at it. And then the next scene is him on top of it. I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know, I don't know if I believe that. But uh, yeah, some weird stuff goes down. Uh, another fellow Native American guy appears out of nowhere uh-huh. and starts, you know, playing a drum. I feel like that this is the, the thing that happens in... Uh, so, we, like, the thing about America is it's not that old, right? So you don't have, like, old mm-hmm. blood and old things. Like, there, there's not... Um, 
witches and things like that. So whenever we want, whenever some screenwriter is like, oh, I need shorthand for something ancient or spooky or supernatural, they just start reading the cliff notes of Native American culture and throwing it in there. And I think that for a 1986 audience, it works. And I think that watching it now, it's like, well, that's kind of lazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was bad, but I, I, at the very least, I was like, at least they cast, you know, Will Sampson, who is, you know, right. full blooded Native American. Well, actor. and it's not even that it's like inherently bad, but it's just that they never explain what it was that that was right. or right. how it relates to this story at all. Yeah. And it was, it was very strange because um, he kind of takes over the role, uh, uh, Tangina's role. Yep. In this but movie. then she keeps popping back. Yeah. She pops back in, but she's also inexplicably like, you know, um, not sure of her powers anymore for some reason, even though the yeah. previous movie we saw her just totally like handle the situation and kick ass the whole time. Right. Um, and it's just kind of weird. You know, I feel like this movie um, just was like trying so hard to come up with like a new way to tell the same story that it was kind of like too much. <laughs> so it's like what we need to come up with a name for this of the sequel that tries to do the same thing. But then they're like, oh, well, no, there's a thing about the thing that happened the last time that you don't quite understand. Let's get a little bit like, oh, it's even more like the thing that happened in the last movie was super special. And here's why it was special. Well, it's kind of like retconning the the origin of the ghosts. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, those, you know, they move the headstones, but not the bodies. So those are the ones that attacked them but also there was even more scary ones underneath yeah there was an even like older ancient, evil. yeah, yeah like there's a deeper gravestone next, next which like the scary demon that came out of the closet was way bigger and scarier than anything we saw in this movie yeah. so i don't know yeah. maybe he was well, the one controlling it all along or something i guess it's what they're trying to say it's like they're trying to recontextualize the big bad from the first movie but like there's just something nice about like no you just there was this planned development had no respect for what was there before, for the lives that came before, the things that happened before, and there's a price to pay for that. Yeah, because now you're taking it kind of out of the hands of the right. developers because this is something that no one could have prevented because they did not know that this was under there. <laughs> exactly. Right. Whereas before it was like, mm, you know, like... Like you shouldn't move... Yeah, yeah like you can't move yeah. a graveyard, you dum-dums. Yeah. And, then, and then put a tract home on top of it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess they probably had to come up with some new reason why there was even scarier evil because the movie seemed to have, you know, the original film seemed to have vanquished whatever was going on. They, in the they best, kind of in paid the, the price. Yeah, and in the best way. Yeah. But, so we, we get the family, they have lost their house, and they are running out of money. They are hilariously trying to... Uh, you know, cash in on their insurance policy for yeah. the old house. <laughs> that, I did like that. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, these horror movies or superhero movies never deal with the, like, yeah. aftermath of the yeah. insurance. And they're like, they said the house hasn't been destroyed. It's just missing. Like, we well, can't get our payment. There was yeah. well, there was that one show that was going to try to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. it failed. <laughs> That's true. The Sorry, DC- Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I love this little scene where they're like talking about the insurance and that was just a fun, uh, character beat yeah. for these guys. You're like, well, t- according to the insurance company, the house is not, uh, lost. It is missing. Yeah. <laughs> so they just don't, they think it might He's still like, turn up. He's just like, I feel it in my heart. The house is not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and uh, Craig T. Nelson goes on this rant. It's so great uh, yeah. in that moment. And you see, like, that. that's a great scene to, like, reestablish the parents and, like, their fun relationship that they have and, like, you know, that they're still in love and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're reintroduced to uh, the kids again. Robbie yeah. and Carol Ann. I hope to God... That you guys are finally more on my side about Robbie being a total dickbag. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's eh. kind of more of a... He's, again, like most of the lines in this movie are like telling... Shut up, you butt shut much. Up. Yeah, he hates... You didn't like him for... You didn't hate him for hating Disneyland? He calls Carol Ann. Carol Ann's like, let's go to Disneyland. And she's like, he's like... Don't be such an infant. Yeah, shut up. Oh, gross. He says, oh, gross, you infant or whatever. I mean, that doesn't mean he hates Disneyland. He's just saying it's a stupid suggestion on I her part. I think it implies that he hates Disneyland. <laughs> Otherwise, why would he say, oh, gross, you fucking I infant. guess, but I, I thought he was just like, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> Yeah, what are know, we, feral cats? We can't live him. in Disneyland. I mean, I can't I feel, feel that bad. Of him. I'm not scared. Sorry, <laughs> I can't feel that much hate towards him because, like, the braces thing was super scary. Uh, yeah, yeah so, well, but the, in my mind, he deserves it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so the braces thing in this movie is, like, so, spoiler alert, the poltergeists. They're back. We said that already. Poltergusts. <laughs> follow them to, uh, uh, it's, it's Elaine, right? The, um, the the mother. The mom. Her name's name? Diane. 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 Diane's mom's Diane. house. Yeah, Diane's mom. We don't house. really know what state they're in, but they're yeah, there. Uh, they're just in a different part of the valley. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I lost my train of thought. I don't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> they're back. They're torturing the kids, and yeah, the poltergeists yeah. are and back. And so at some point, he's in the. They've decided to protect the kids. They're all going to have a sleepover in the living room. But Robbie goes upstairs to brush his. Gross oh, braces right, out. Right, right, right. And, and he so, gets locked in the bathroom. Most people I've talked to about, like, oh, we're doing poltergeist. Like, this scene fucked them up. I was going like, to say, I'm super glad I did not see this when I had braces or before here, I had braces. Here. I never had braces and I never saw this scene. And so to me, it was hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> I did think it looked really cool. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's, uh, I, I bought the um, Shout Factory. Mm, shout uh, out to Shout Factory. For this. And uh, there's a lot of special features about the effects. And, um, you know, for this one, they had, like, made a whole, like, mask of his face. And, oh, damn. And the and the um, braces coming out was, like, a reverse shot and all this stuff. Like, really cool. Really cool stuff. And oh, also, I feel bad. You know, I'm talking about how much I hate Robbie, the character. I don't hate the actual actor. And one of the reasons I say this, you know, because... He's just doing a performance. But there's a whole special feature on the Blu-ray about, uh, you know, the actor uh, Oliver Robbins, who Mm -hmm. plays Robbie. Um, And it was kind of sad because, like, he mentions it multiple times in the documentary. Um, But, like, one of the main reasons he was, like, excited to go back and do the sequel is because apparently he was, like, getting beat up all the time in eighth grade. And he was, like... As soon as the call came in, he was like, yep, sign me up. Anything to get me out of school because it's like the most terrible thing. And I just thought that was really sad. Wait, like just because he was nerdy or because they were like, they, he didn't you're, go into, you're a ghost kid or something like that. He I, didn't go into why he was getting beat up. Oh, just okay. Like he's, he mentioned the bullies like were beating him up all the time. So I don't know. It just seems like a rough time. Um, but yeah, I just think it, the character is annoying. <laughs> right, I thought he was you, fine. So you would beat that kid up? Uh, not the real kid. <laughs> the, but thing, the, the thing about the kids is I like the fact that they're kind of normal. Like they're uh-huh. not all like 
They're not super Trump. They are more cautious, but they're not like comatose over what happened in the last movie. Like it's been a year. Carol Ann's like pretty much a normal kid. Like her stupid suggestion of like, let's go to Disneyland or Dunkin' Donuts, you know? And like he, even though um, his sister disappeared into a house for weeks and almost yeah. died and all this, it's not like he's treating her with kid gloves or anything. He's still like, eh, you're dumb. No, you're dumb. You're, you know, they're arguing like normal kids. Much like John Candy's wisdom in Home Alone. Kids are resilient. Yeah. <laughs> and there's even uh, there's even some hints that maybe, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they might not fully remember the events of, right. uh, of the previous film, um, whether it's because of like PTSD or... Well, I or, think because they still wanted the movie to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some sort of supernatural. Yeah, movie. I think maybe Robbie remembers, but Caroline doesn't really remember what happened when she was in the right. thing. And Diane doesn't really remember what happened when she was in there either yeah. in the closet. Yeah, she, I mean, she even has like there's a whole scene where Diane's talking to her mom, um, and she's like trying to recall. I love the scene where she's like trying to recall what happened, and she's like slowly telling the story, but she can't quite remember. And then she has some flashes of like you know Caroline getting taken and stuff. And I, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was a cool idea that like maybe the whatever had happened had caused some like amnesia over them as well, so that it could like maybe come back and get them. Turns out Diane's side of the family has some clairvoyance. Running the genes. powers for some reason. Yeah, that was That's fun. the other reason the other daughter's not mentioned, because she didn't inherit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. They were like, wait, why didn't your older daughter get the <laughs> She can feel colors. Yeah. I know there's a later part in the movie uh, where they're like, we all have to go do this together as a family. And I'm like, you don't even mention the daughter. What happened to her? <laughs> I'm, in a way, it's one of those things where it's like, is it more respectful or less respectful? I'm not sure, you know, like to to like just remove the character rather than yeah. recast or just say like, oh, she's gone. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Because, yeah, if they did do the whole she's in college thing, then, yeah, it would be se- seem weird that they were like, we need to be all together as a family yeah. in order to defeat right. this. But like, not her. Yeah. So. <laughs> Don't interrupt her studies. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> we're paying a lot of money. <laughs> to see son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This film was shot in Altadena, by the way. Oh, sorry. Then to... PCC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not CSUN. Okay. Um... <laughs> Part of my uh, issues with this movie is that it takes for fucking ever to get started with any of the scary stuff. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like... And they might not even get there. Uh, yeah, there's a few good scenes. Um, but, like, <laughs> I kind of felt like, you know, this movie was a huge hit. Most people saw it at the time, I assume. Um, we're at the sequel. Everybody knows what's going to happen. Why can't we just jump into the, like, yep. ramping up the scares uh, quicker? Instead, we're like... Dealing with all this like exposition and well, explaining Di- Diane's things. mom. We have to find out. I mean, it's important to the story that we know that she knits and has a rose garden. <laughs> I guess these are important things, and um, so she's a regular old white lady, right? Right. <laughs> yep. Very important for us to know. And then uh, Craig T. Nelson is now selling vacuums. Also yeah. important. Not th- not really. I mean, so <laughs> crucial to what's happening in this movie. Like, you got to know what these things... And then, like, there's a point. You got to... I mean, how would you know if how they're living in this world if we didn't see them go to the mall and shop for see nothing shop. in particular? <laughs> we got to see Carol Ann talk to old men. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Julian Beck in this movie is the so worst. creepy. Yes, he's horrifying. Uh, I, I think, like... Uh, I I th- I see how you could see it as like 
you know, bad acting or something. No, no, I didn't. I meant oh, he's okay, like okay. worse as he's like terrifying. And oh, okay, horrifying. yeah. yeah. I, I was like and creepy and looks like a molester. Yeah, his his uh, his performance is so off putting, and I love that. Like, you know, the cat. I don't know what the casting agent was going for, but they were like, "Can we somehow cast a living skeleton?" Yeah, exactly, That's exactly <laughs> like a skeleton. I believe he was. At the time, fighting cancer. Yes, Aww. I know. And he, he did actually pass away, I believe, before the sh- movie even came out. But in a way, though, he probably knew that he looked real bad and was like, it's yes. perfect for this movie. Yes. As like a serious actor, I'm sure he was like really into Yeah, it. and I'm not making fun of his looks, really. I thought it was no. great for the... Because he's supposed to be this undead person, you know. Yeah. And, and I thought it was great. And his performance is so... Off kilter and weird. So like, this movie makes out. a large point of a bunch. Like, so we we see uh, Carol Ann looking at him, and then like she sees a bunch of people walking through him. Yeah, and it makes it seem like that no one else is gonna be able to see this dude. Yeah, but the whole family can see him, I guess. But I guess except no for one, the, I guess nobody else can. Yeah, except for the people that are about to walk through him. Yeah, <laughs> they, they can't see shit. No, I actually wished he was in it more. Like I wanted to see more of the cult and what happened and all these things, and they just really like kind of zoomed by that real quick. As like, yeah, well, I don't know lady. where his I don't know where his death fell in the uh, production, but I know that they had to bring in someone to do some ADR lines for him because uh, yeah. he had passed away um, before it was real completely quick. finished. Okay, so. well, that's a bummer, but yeah. Which is another one of the things people are like, oh, the poltergeist cursed. And it's like, well, he had cancer long before. Cancer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but it's like they obviously took the time to get, hire all these extras and put them in period clothing and have them, you know, sure. like to act out all this stuff. But like then they just barely use it as a really quick like thing. Like I think you just could at least had maybe like a few scenes like showing what. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and it does that and it puts them in a cave where it's like, okay, so it's not a cemetery. It's a cave underneath the cemetery. Yeah, where these, uh, you know. Basically a de facto mass grave. characters yeah. or whatever. Right. Had, uh, killed themselves. They, they, yeah, there wasn't a pilgrim 10 Cloverfield Lane that happened where <laughs> yeah. one of them got out. But, uh, yeah, he's really, uh, you know, only in a handful of scenes, but I think they're pretty effective. And we talked about the... Uh, you know, walking through body sing. And I'm sure that was something that like at the time wowed people like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, now it looks like kind of cheesy, but uh, you know, there was lots of talk on the special features about how, you know, at this, this time in movies, people had started to see lots of visual effects like Ghostbusters was before this and yep. Poltergeist. And now they were trying to like with this movie, like really trying to up the ante on effects. Um, because you have to try harder to trick people after they've seen so many effects. Um, And I thought that was probably a pretty cool one at the time. Yes. Uh, It is one of the things where this director was a first-time director, and uh, stories from the set is that they would uh, make, you know, these these special effects and visual effects and plexiglass and things like this um, very specifically, and then he would change the shot uh, at the last minute. And so a lot of the things are not being filmed at the ideal angle or light. Uh, And everyone was trying to be like, no, 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 like you can't. And he's like, no, 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 it's going to look better over here. And it's like, but you can't. Yeah. And so there's some, like, so in, even in this first scene, we see him, like there's some scenes where you can see the the reflection of the plexiglass while he's walking. You can see it's, uh, it's there. There's some, there's some stitching visible, some visible stitching. Hmm. And not just the knitting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the scene where uh, Julian Beck, his character, shows up at the house and, like, 
it just starts raining out of nowhere and uh-huh. it's like only raining like around him and it's like sunny outside. So I I want to talk about that scene, but uh, first we should say that uh, Tyler, I mean Taylor, shows up and uh, <laughs> he is the Native American gentleman from the beginning and he's like, I'm here to help and Tangina sent me and they're like, why didn't she come herself? And they're like, reasons. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so he's trying to help them and Despite the fact that they went through this transformative experience a year ago, Craig T. Nelson is still like, I don't trust you. Ha ha. You're, you know. Yeah, how like, do you know he's not escaped from uh, Indian reservation? Me, like, me, me. Something racist. Something racist. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm probably 118th Indian or whatever the oh hell he God. says. Yeah, yeah. That was bad. That was, bad. that was so bad. Um, so anyways, he's there. He doesn't trust him. And then the creepy guy. What's his name? Kane? Kane. Yeah. yeah. Preacher Kane. Shows up at the house and the family runs inside, but Craig T. Nelson stays with him at the door and they have this whole long conversation through the screen door. Yeah, and Kane is all like, All of you, you are gonna die! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's exactly like that. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's how it ends. Uh, <laughs> You're all gonna die! That's a, such a great sound. Yeah. He basically comes to the door and he, and he tries to to get Craig T. Nelson on his side by being like, you're, you know, like, you're not enough of a man to take care of your family, and this brown person's here, and then he's trying to usurp your authority or whatever, and then Craig T. Nelson's like, what? How, you how, know? how did you know that? And then the <laughs> Kane was like, because you're a middle-aged white man, and also I've seen The Incredibles, and this is the same thing. You know, like, I mean... <laughs> I love that he, yeah, you're joking. I love that he's actually like, because I'm smart. But really, it's like, okay, it's not that big of a leap to be like this middle-aged white man who is currently working as a vacuum salesman, despite the fact that he used to be a successful real estate developer, feels insecure about supporting his family. What? How did he know? Yeah, you're like, I'm still not convinced he has psychic powers. That's pretty obvious. Those are problems he's having. You're also insecure about your receding hairline. <laughs> but to Craig T's credit, he gets out of this he yes. gets out of this pickle. Yeah. Even though the confrontation takes a lot out of him. Yeah. According to Taylor. And it takes a lot out of the runtime of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very long scene, but I thought a good one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I love that uh, you know, you're talking about like Craig T. Nelson is like doesn't believe Taylor, but they suddenly start to believe him as soon as they see a bunch of like fake butterflies, butterflies flying, flying around, around him, and they're like, "Oh my god, wow, it's real! It's Jupiter ascending. Native <laughs> Americans are special." <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of um, Jupiter ascending and bees, mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently. Um, Robbie was originally in the script supposed to get attacked by bees, ah. but the actor is allergic to bees in real life. Oh, so no. That's how the uh, they decided to go with the braces thing instead. Mm. Way Fun better. Fun fact. Bees yeah. are are scary, but not as scary like, as this braces yeah. situation. It's way more creative. we horror already. We don't need more bees. Yeah. Or, uh, or the Wicker, Wicker Man. Man. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Robbie, you would hate it, Robbie, even more <laughs> if he was like, the bees, not the bees. <laughs> yeah. I would. I or that would. Futurama episode. <laughs> um... Yeah, so things are like still just slowly getting going. We get the their back scene, which was not that exciting. 
Craig T. Nelson and Taylor go like back to all the way back to Monument Valley for like a sweat lodge situation. For about two seconds. This is one of those scenes that is clearly out of order. Yeah. <laughs> well, because apparently Craig T. Nelson's actually a warrior. Yeah. Well, he's and after he's given spirit. him this whole speech of like, you gotta stay with your family. Your family is your strength and your power. But hold on, let's go to the national parks for a couple days and, get, and like and get sweat stoned, it out and get stoned. Yeah. And, totally uh, stoned. And go yeah. in this, this tent. I'm gonna breathe into you some some spirit goop. Some sick ganj, brah. <laughs> <laughs> that All right, funny. now you're ready to go to the other side. <laughs> to the other side. Do they ever say they never say the other side, do they? I don't feel I like don't feel like the, that the title deal. ever came up. What is the other side? They don't even... I mean, we see it at the end, I think. Yeah, I guess. I thought it was when it's you... It's where grandmas uh, go. I thought it was when you decided to, you know, take things to the next level with Jason Derulo. Ooh! But. Speaking of grandmas, I thought that scene when she passed away was kind of funny because I, I, <laughs> I... At first, like, I didn't understand what was happening because... So, like, uh, in the middle of the night, Carol Ann, you like... You see, Justin, we all die. <laughs> <laughs> the grandma, you think that I just thought the grandma was sleeping, and Caroline yeah. goes and kisses her on the forehead, and then goes to bed. Yeah, and then, and then I then thought the she was—I thought she was like telepathically calling to say good night to her. <laughs> and then, like, so yeah, all of a sudden the phone rings and like this weird like reverse ring, like. Yeah, I was going to say it took me a couple rings to realize that was a phone, and then I felt like, oh god, am I like yeah. young? <laughs> I don't remember what a real phone sounds like. And uh, yeah, she picks it up and she's like, okay, I will. I love you too. And then hangs up. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's cool. She's using her telekinesi- telekinetic power. I thought that too. Because she was just powers. saying, oh, like, oh I, I thought she was dead. Yeah. And then the next scene is like, you find out she's dead. And I was like, oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> I get it, movie. You knew she was dead right away? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just thought she was like flexing her powers a bit. Look what I can do. I can call you on this fake toy. Yeah, phone. it's like, oh, you think you're, you think you're, you think you're tight by trying to get you no look yarn grabs? <laughs> yeah, that was I can call you good night from my sleep. Grab me the uh, aquamarine yarn. <laughs> she never was like, oh, Grandma, there isn't one. <laughs> That'd be funny. Also, what if she had just seen the yarn before and knew based on the texture she had seen with her eyes A which gram- one? That would still like- be pretty impressive because she kind of like guess. fumbles around. She fumbles around and then finds the. She must have had to practice or something. A grandma knows. Grandma knows. You have powers, yeah. my child. Um, where have we left off? So right, shit's so, going down. So we. <laughs> he comes back from the sweat lodge. Mm-hmm. At some point, at some point, Zelda Rubenstein shows up at the house. Uh, I thought this was so funny because I'm like, <laughs> this scene is playing out, and I was like, I was like, okay, are the ghosts attacking, or like, is this going to be some stupid like? Tangina is so short choke like she can't yeah. see her yeah and then I also it, thought that I was like going to be Tangina and then it ended up being like they spent this whole long like quote unquote suspenseful scene just to play out a joke they're like isn't Tangina short she can't even be seen out of the door hole yeah. <laughs> LOL. also like I know they were in the beginning of the movie together at the like the cave under the house, but for the rest of the movie, it seems like for some reason, Tangina and Taylor could not like be on set at the same time. Like maybe they had some sort of hideous feud between the two of them or something, you know, like, yeah, they're also part of the curse. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yep. She shows up and, uh, I think, you know, at some point we get into like my favorite scene of the movie, I think, 
The whole possession thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I think before we get into this, uh, we should talk about how there's one other really awesome person involved in this movie. Um, the like creature design and a lot of the um, poltergeist designs for this movie were done by H.R. Giger. Giger. Geiger. Giger. The guy who invented Sill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, there was kind of a, a lot of issues with his involvement. Like he didn't like to leave. Apparently he didn't like to leave his house a lot in mm-hmm. Zurich or whatever um, because he had a cat and he just loved that cat. Didn't want to leave his cat for very long. So he sent the Xenomorph's going to get that cat. You so he, you watch yeah, he sent up all these awesome designs. And if you, you can probably look them up, up online and there's some like amazingly insane designs for like the great beast and everything mm-hmm. that, that's in the movie. Um, but he sent along like an assistant to be on set. And apparently uh, the assistant kind of ended up watering down some of his ideas and they didn't kind of turn out the way he wanted. Yeah. I, what I, from what I heard, like he had a quote and he was like, I saw it and he was like, Oh no, I guess it's too late to change, but <laughs> yeah, not what I wanted. But uh, you can still kind of feel his uh, uh, presence on this, especially in this scene where Craig T. Nelson gets possessed. Yes. Well, okay, so I didn't like the beginning because it was creepy and rapey. But then I was kind of like, well, Christian cult leader, probably a rapist. So, you know, uh, but it was just, it felt so, like, dirty seeing Craig T. Nelson do that. Yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, he was doing a great job at, like, pretending to be Henry Reverend Henry Kane in that moment, I feel. Yeah, he was. It was just like, ugh. It he was even so doing the creepy, dirty. like, mouth thing. He was. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the, the this is another one of those things where it's like, okay, so he goes to the Spirit Lodge with Taylor. Then Taylor's like, no, the only, you got to take your family back to Cuesta Verde. You got to, you know, get get him there and, <laughs> and confront the beast on his own terms. And he's like, but first, let's go back and get drunk off to Keith. Then he goes back and, and they, he talks about what are we going to do tomorrow? He's like, I don't know. We're going to go mini golf, bowling, water slide. Yeah. Like he just starts just listing activities. Uh, then gets hissed drunk, drinks a bottle of tequila, drinks the worm, and this is how he gets possessed. And then, like, afterwards, like, <sighs> so oh, nice. we got to go to Cuesta Verde. And it's like, why didn't, what? You should have just gone. I know. He just still wasn't, uh, I think he still wasn't believing the whole thing at that point, maybe. I guess. <laughs> Why wasn't the sweat lodge after yeah, right. the possession? I don't know. I, again, I think it's one of those that was definitely recut. Really, uh, but really so, weird. So, yeah, so he, he drinks the worm. The worm, we see the, the worm like, is as, horrifying yeah, also. As, as it's floating in the tequila, which like, I feel like that doesn't happen in like a bottle of Jose Cuervo unless you put it there. But anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah. like some, oh, they but, only like, do that in like real. But the, like, but the worm like, like comes to life and it's it like. It opens its and, eye and it's like, like real creepy. Meh. It's like worms don't even have eyes. Right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, and so then he shows up and is is real creepy to his wife and real creepy to his daughter and gets rapey and then uh, tells her d- d- does the same like because I'm smart because yeah. like, you never wanted Carol Ann like you think she's the cause of all the problems you wish you never had her and yeah. then Carol Ann hears this and blah blah <laughs> and she's like what yeah but thankfully Diane is at at a certain point is just like okay come on this is not even you and you're. Yeah, obviously not. And then he barfs up the worm, and it is so gross. Uh, this is like this is, but this is fantastic. the best part. This is yeah. the best creature, the best everything. It's like, so it's so creepy, and like this is one of my like things that I jumped at the like shot factory thing to like see how they did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, please have a special feature, and of course they did, and it actually features one of the um one of the people who worked heavily on. Um, Species as well, Steve Johnson, Ooh. who uh, at the time was working with 
uh, Richard Edlund at boss films who did, you know, they did like ghostbusters and all this stuff. Um, and the, they also did the previous, uh, poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And this sounds like just an, an insane thing for them to have put together. Um, you know, it was again, like one of those, like, um, balloons that expanded and they had set up oh. this whole contrap contraption inside Craig T. Nelson's mouth that like <laughs> would shoot water into the balloon and expanded it like that. Um, so it was like, that was an effects shot. And then there's an effects shot of the thing like growing underneath the bed, which is so crazy. Um, and so like, yeah, it, 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 it rolls, it rolls underneath the bed and then it starts to grow into like what looks like a skeleton baby skeleton thing. Skeleton fetus yeah. monster. Yeah. And you're like, oh God, and it's like gooey and gross. Uh, and then like out of that underneath the bed out crawls this like horrific looking like yeah. one armed, you know, monster thing. And I was like, that's gotta be like a person or something in this costume. And I was just wondering how they did this. Um, and it turns out that it was this, you know, stunt actor, uh, noble Craig is his name. And mm-hmm. he actually, um, apparently the story is he, you know, um, got, I think enlisted into Vietnam or something. And he like, and the way they tell it in the special features, it's like he got off the helicopter and immediately stepped on like a landmine and lost both his oh, legs and one arm. God. Um, but he's in this, in this amazing scene in like, what is, it's just like, you got to see the scene, you guys. Oh, it's is crazy. It the fa- is it his face too? Because I, I felt like the face really looked like the other actor. No, yeah, like it was a, it was yeah. a mask that had like all these controlled parts that would like make him smile. Cause it really face. looked like him and it was creepy as hell. Yeah. It was so creepy. And apparently that mask even failed while they were shooting it. Mm-hmm. And the director was like, nah, we got it. And they kept that like, like there's like a twitch to it cause yeah. the cables got stuck and they just kept that in the movie and people like love the creepiness mm-hmm. of that, even though it was like an accident. <laughs> um, but God, this scene is like, I mean, it's pretty masterful, the stuff that they did, all the practical effects. Oh, my God, yeah. It, well, it's like, it's like, that's the best practical effects in this movie. Yeah. It's amazing. You got you to gotta see this scene. It's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's up on YouTube if you want to watch. So they all get in the car, and we have a car possession yeah, the So, yeah, the thing crawls car out angry. of the room. The thing crawls out of the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> the thing crawls out of the room, and, like, they have this confrontation with the great beast or whatever, and they're, like, trying to find Carol Ann. They run to the, like, the, the only place left is the garage, and they go to the car, and uh, this is the scene where we learn, like, this movie was originally supposed to be in 3 Yes. <laughs> there's, there's this hilarious power tool Yeah, there's this hilarious, around. like, chainsaw flying around, like, nee. And it looks really bad. It's almost as bad as the uh, flying objects in the previous film. Yep. Um, but apparently that's a leftover 3D uh, mm-hmm. effect. <laughs> um, but yeah, they escape in the car because we had seen, you know, as uh, we know that Taylor can do, he uh, uses his medicine bag to just cleanse the car randomly. <laughs> he told Caroline thing. that it was the only safe place that he could go. Yeah. Another thing. She like, could go. When he went to go like fix the car and he started doing that, I was like, oh no, why? They drive all the way to Cuesta Verde. Also, wait, why was the dog's name Ebuzz? Was that the name in the first movie too? Of the I don't dog? remember. I don't remember either. What does that mean? What is that name from? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think it's a, a, a prophetic uh, Easter egg from Time Travelers. They were just talking about <laughs> vapes. Yeah. 
I love I love that at the at, at at the point when they're trying to escape in the car, the dog is like also fighting the poltergeist. <laughs> there's this whole like there's a, there's a lot of like the poltergeist move for being a uh, 1800s priest seems to know a lot about electricity right. and, and where and and light sockets and how they work and he wants to stick metal right into a light socket and as as a child who stuck a key in a light socket i get it reverend kane yeah like, i feel shit like is this fun. keeps coming up i feel like you've told that story before on the podcast oh yeah <laughs> yeah i think he I can't has, remember actually. why i think he has stuck a key in a light socket uh but they're all like because i'm smart <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're all trying to escape in the car, and they're like, come on, E-Buzz, or whatever his name is, and they see the dog, like, with the electric wire in its mouth, like, which is like, the dog would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that it was is so completely electrified. That the dog has been, like, a non-entity the whole movie, uh, and then suddenly it's, like, do you fighting think, off. Do you think Joseph would have been appeased? I guess we should we should maybe ask him. Maybe we'll get his answer afterwards, because he's uh, like, the dog didn't do shit. Like, that's right. They addressed Joseph's note. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah, so they're off to Quest of Verdi, uh, so we can all have a family field trip down a giant hole. And, of course, yeah. when they arrive, Tangina is there suddenly. She's been waiting the Taylor whole Taylor is not there. But then they go down more in the hole, and then Taylor is, is there. there. But then you can't see Tangina anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, she literally pops out of existence. Yeah. Yeah, very weird, very weird. But it, as they're going and, into and, the... And Taylor's like, I've done everything I can for you. Good luck. Jump into this fire. Except now I'm back. I yeah. swear to God, it won't burn you. <laughs> Believe me. I, when they, at some point, the the score like turns into like a really marchy version of the like, God is in his holy temple. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is happening with this music? Holy temple. It was not, you know, a great Jerry Goldsmith score, unfortunately. <laughs> Normally, we love him here on the podcast. 76 corpses. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, out of nowhere, like, Carol Ann and Diane just get, like, sucked into a vortex. I mean, why not? Yeah, they just disappear into the rocks. Uh, they're looking for him. Uh, and then this is where Taylor shows back up, and he's like, you gotta go and into he's, the fire. And he's set a fire underground, which is, <laughs> yeah. he'll advise, don't do this. It's a red fire, too, yeah. Um they jump in the fire. Robbie and Craig T. Nelson both jump in, um, and they're uh, now we're finally in the other side. Apparently, it's filled with green screen. And the, yeah, the other <laughs> side looks like the Days of Our Lives intro. <laughs> it really does, or like the sky from Neverending Story. Yeah. I wanted them to just fly. They were just kind of floating, but I really wanted them to have Falcor. Yeah, this okay. is the moment where the movie was like. I- get what you're trying to do but i just the technology isn't so quite there yet. this part of the movie was apparently completely reshot by a different director oh god yeah yes. they completely changed the ending and this in this ending uh stephen craig t nelson's character gets handed a harpoon mm. from uh taylor and he throws the harpoon at the beast i guess yeah the great beast which is very disturbing looking it's got sure. all these faces on it by the so. way taylor had that spear or harpoon since the very beginning of the movie at that first mm-hmm. scene and never used it the entire time and then suddenly passed it to him through the fire yeah, yeah. i wonder if that first scene was also right, <laughs> a right. right. they were like we gotta explain why he had the spear but I then guess. carol ann she gets she gets drawn to the light but yeah she even, gets trapped 
even before that, she gets grabbed by the great beast, and there's this amazing effect of her like, oh yeah, aging in like two seconds, like, oh, yeah. and her yeah, face she like drank, stretches. She drank from the wrong cup. <laughs> yeah, and it's so <laughs> creepy. It was not the cup of kings. And yeah, and so then, but she gets taken to the other side. But turns out, grandma's there. Well, she gets pulled in, and they're all just kind of like, "Oh, she's dead." It's, oh well, they just yeah, start and crying and hugging each other. It's like you're gonna like go in after her, try to pull her out, or yeah. anything. No, they're like, "It's too late." There's nothing more we can do. Actually, I want to rewind here really quick because like we're bearing the lead on grandma. They go to a diner after the first night that something happens. Oh after yeah, the grandma I forgot about that. that. Yeah. And, like, so and, then, and then, and then, and then there's, there's two friends, I guess? No, it's supposed to be a mom and a daughter. They're credited as mom and daughter. Oh, okay, so it's a and mom and a daughter. the daughter is mad that the mom's, like, fooling around with some jerky guy or the something. The dialogue for them is so bad. Yeah, so it's, like, it's basically, like, supposed to telegraph that they're just not nice people. She's like, uh, why do you hang out with this guy? And he's like, because I like him. <laughs> it's like, and you're like, why are we hearing yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're like, why are we hearing this conversation at all? all? <laughs> Uh, but then she's like the, the mom stands up and then she gets possessed by the grandmother very quickly. And she's like, you're my, you're my loveliest. You must stay together. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's like air, it's- air dry, air dry the comforter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's so weird because the actress playing this daughter or whatever is so bad. Um, but then the voice is the grandma's voice, yeah. and it's just like this is such an awkward scene. The, and then the and the and Diane is sitting there like she's like having an epiphany moment or something. Like whoa, what's she's like happening? mama. Uh, yeah. The, what we find out by the end of this movie is that the other side is an ADR booth. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, so so we see that the grandma had uh, medium powers, and so does everyone in her family. Uh, Carol Ann is lost to the lights, and they're all sobbing. And then, like, grandma flies in like a goddamn angel, and she's just like, take your kid. Biah! She throws her back, yeah. <laughs> but it's in this, like, oh, my God, it's so f- cheesy. The music it's is like, the oh, worst. She doesn't actually have, like, wings or anything, though. It just kind of looks like there's a bunch of sheets flying all yeah. around yeah, her. Yeah, it, it's like... Yeah, yeah, but it, it's like the it's she's you know, a linen angel. It looks yeah, it, it looks like the classic depictions of like an appearance of angels coming at That's you. That's the Beyond of Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Carol Ann's like slowly flying, like oh my god, hey, um, and uh, it's just lots of you know knowing after last week, uh, you know what happens to the actress. Yeah, who plays Carolyn? This whole movie is full of like things where you're like, oh god. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole scune where Carolyn's like, I don't want to grow up because I think it's probably gonna suck. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh god. Good good news, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I had that thought, but it's a terrible thought. To have. Uh, and then this movie ends by just really demonstrating that it knows oh, exactly god. what it is by having. Uh, the Native American character steal a car. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were just like, oh, wait, how are we going to get home? Uh, wait, bring back the car. <laughs> we don't have cell phones yet. Help. How are we going to get an so Uber? so stupid. I hated that entire, like. Thing. Yeah, and basically what we're, we're alluding to is it just ends on this comedy note of Taylor taking the family station wagon from them mm-hmm. for no reason. And that's the end of the movie. And that is the end of the movie. How poignant. Um. So there's also... <laughs> also, Zelda Rubenstein, not there anymore. Yeah. 
There's an earlier... She's in the cave still, maybe. Flashback scene of Diane and Grandma planting roses when Diane was a little kid. And um, the actress who plays her as a little kid, uh, I did find her for a child star check-in. Here's her bio from her Indiegogo uh, page. Jacqueline Bernstein is an established actor, performer, and poet with strong involvement in social movements and community organizing. She has appeared in over 100 films, television shows, and commercials, and is now the founder of Matriarch Films. She is also the mother of two teenagers. Past credits include Family Ties, Fame, St. Elsewhere, The Golden Girls, and Twilight Zone. But not Poltergeist 2. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Doesn't want to uh, be And her short film that she successfully raised, like, Three thousand dollars on Indiegogo for uh, came out like six days ago. So, oh wow, good for her! Congratulations. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much uh, what the other side has to offer. Not a lot of uh, not a ton of scares that I thought were great in this movie. There's a uh, the mom's going around um, the house. There's a point where there's a bunch of things in a closet. Yeah, a little jumpy. Like she thinks it's skeletons, and then it's like a bunch yeah, of brooms she coming has out. A, <laughs> she has a dream that she's getting pulled in by the skeletons yeah. into the ground. Just nothing quite as creepy or out uh, there, except for the the worm. The, yeah, the, the that puke, was the only good scene. thing. Yeah. That was the best part for and sure. And then the like just the creepy old guy in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, the, I really wanted to know more about the cult and what had happened there yeah it wasn't uh super well explained it's one of those things where yes but at the same time it takes away from the thing that made the first one good so it's yeah. like I don't, yeah. like do i really want to know more about and, that like they only eh. really yeah they only really explain that like he's just super evil and that's why he right. hasn't crossed over yet he's just so evil. which it's like I, I i'd almost would rather have something where it's like oh like that we found somewhere where this layer's thin like somebody from the other side like who wasn't involved in it at all but like now well, he's learned about it and you know there's actually some like really interesting um, dialogue in the scene with Henry Kane and uh, Craig T. Nelson's character um, where, you know, he's talking about how uh, Taylor is here and he's like, Oh, that's what he's calling himself now. But it never goes into this. There could be this whole like really interesting, like native American versus like pilgrim right. thing that it never really fully gets into. Yeah. They kind of mentioned that the native Americans got blamed for the disappearance of the people, right. but it would be cool if there was more of a sense of like this eternal cosmic fight between like this entity, you know, this guy who turned into this entity and like these native Americans. Right. Cause they say that he was a man possessed by a demon. Yeah. So yeah. like, it would be cool if there was more of that. Right. It doesn't quite have and, the, you know, it feels like there. the movie might think that it already did that because, like, the ancestor that Taylor sees might was allegedly fighting the same thing, right? And and I guess you're maybe saying that, like, yeah, his spirit passed into him, but it's not really. There could have used a little bit more, uh, yes, myth construction. I think, yeah, or just get rid of like the Native American and cult thing completely and just be like, it was an evil serial killer that molested little girls or something, you know, like just something yeah. more related to like what's actually. Right, this family and this story—I don't know. Yeah, like, it's very weird. You're—I like wonder how they came to that. They're like, why are there going to be a bunch of skeletons underground? Like, how can we have skeletons further underground? Well, and it was like kind of <laughs> well, like, and, it's like, and like, why this family? It's like, oh, well, they have to also be like special, and it's like, no, they don't. 
Like well, it's better if they're not. Uh, it's okay. like last time we had the researchers, and then we had they bring in Tangina, and this time it's like, okay, well we already did Tangina, let's make it this guy Taylor instead. But then they continue to like lean on the crutch of bringing Tangina back over right. and over again, and so it's like, okay, did you move on or didn't you? You know, yeah, it's weird. Very weird. I would have loved to see what happened at this fucking university. <laughs> they have all this data now. Yeah, they have the <laughs> yeah. tape. That's true. We never deal with the yeah, real Yeah, wouldn't they be like international? I know they said they didn't want to be on 60 Minutes, but wouldn't this tape have gotten out? Well, yeah. apparently they're not using the tape to try to help with their insurance the claims, insurance claim, so. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, Craig T. Know. Nelson's drinking a lot in this movie. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, like, they're at a bar, they're at a diner at 3 a.m. and he has a beer, and it's like, He's not in a good place. No. <laughs> There's just a lot happening, and it's like treats Native Americans so stupidly, and yet has so much, puts so much value on like the insecurities of a suburban middle aged white dad mm-hmm. that it's just kind of like, this is not interesting to me, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Rating system? How many worm filled bottles of tequila? Mm. That's a good one. Would you give Poltergeist 2 the ADR booth? uh i think i ended up giving this one uh four worm filled bottles of tequila Mm -hmm. um yeah i feel like you know like i mentioned earlier in this movie like you know uh earlier in the review here um it was maybe not the longest movie we've ever watched, but it felt like it so sure felt that way. It felt so slow to me. I was just waiting for them to like, you know, get to some of the scares and the poltergeist happenings. Like, you know, it's going to happen, but it just took forever to get to anything that was like remotely creepy. This is such a long setup in this movie. And you'd think like by the sequel, they're just going to dive right into it quicker. Um, and, you know, maybe there was a slow buildup in the last film, but it all felt like, just really well paced. And this one just has an odd pace to it. And it's just really slow in the opening. And then it builds to some craziness, but in such so few places that I, um, you know, only ended up giving it a four. Mm -hmm. And, um, however, the crazy, um, effects that are there, uh, save for maybe the stuff in the final scene, uh, is actually pretty awesome and worth, I think worth checking out, uh, whether or not you want to watch the whole movie, you can check it out on YouTube, but I, you know, I think it's worth seeing for that. Yeah. And the, the, you know, and the fact that they get the whole cast back is, is kind of cool as well. Craig T. Nelson is fun in this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a big fan of his haircut, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to, I don't know. I feel a little bit kind toward it, I think. So I'm just going to give it, um, six, uh, bottles, Wait, I was going to say worm-filled bottles. Yeah, worm, you got it. worm-filled bottles of tequila. Um, I agree. It just seemed kind of all over the place and really out of order, but I thought like what was there was pretty good. Um, that The creature stuff was really cool, and I did think that the four main actors were all still really good and, um, and yeah, you know, put a good performance forward. I think there's like a lot of weird things about like – the Native American and the middle-aged insecurity thing, but at the same time, I guess that's sort of like looking at it through the lens of today, whereas back then, like, people wouldn't have even thought to be really that irritated by those things. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It wasn't uh, as trite to talk about the uh, insecurity of the dad or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, well, I guess maybe that's always been trite because we have, like, death of a salesman or something. You know, anyways, but... Uh, yeah, so six. I 
I'm going to give it five Wormfield bottles of tequila. And I think that this movie would have been greatly improved by a single 20 minute sequence <laughs> in, the, in the in the center of the movie when the grandmother dies. Then we just cut to uh, Taylor in not Taylor. I'm sorry. Uh, Kane wandering around purgatory with his flock still. And we don't even really realize it's the afterlife. And then when the grandma dies that she, she shows up there and then they capture her and they, torture her Ooh, <laughs> what? and and the, to, to find out where the family is because it seems like when the grandma like they had like they were fine until the grandma died That's or the true. grandma just completely rats them out <laughs> but either way it's we get to see what the other side was mm. actually doing and what her death brought on the house like it seems like that, that was the link like they either they got it they coerced it from her or just it's her just, dying. it's an interesting idea yeah, yeah. for sure uh, but like you know it was just like that it was like the westworld episode where it's just like like here's a whole different exposition of like when there's no talking you don't know what the fuck is happening uh and then it gets revealed that way yeah, that, that would make it a better movie that would be me. cool i i did enjoy that uh there's this whole scene with steven and diane um having a conversation about like diane's like like we gotta figure out our lives i, I really don't like like leeching off my mom like this and then like the next scene the mom dies yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're like well i guess we got this house That's to ourselves yeah i, I, always, I, have, to I was kept, kept thinking they were gonna say something about that like well now we have somewhere to live <laughs> yeah. well, and they also bring up this whole subtext of like of of craig t nelson's like first girlfriend or whoever it was uh, and, yeah. then, and like taylor's like you need to like face what you are you need to face like you need to tell the truth and it might feel like it was like it was like it's is Carol Ann, like, from a different mom? Oh, uh, like, no, I thought oh, that they yeah, just cut, yeah. that was just supposed to be, like, a playful kind of, oh, your ex-girlfriend, ha-ha oh, type yeah, of and thing. They, yeah. They sing, they sing to each other, yeah. Yeah. Eh. Um, yeah, well, that's Poltergeist to the other side. Um, you know, the movie came out uh, in uh, 1986, and uh, I think it got uh, mediocre reviews, but it still did pretty well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, it got nominated for Academy Award for uh, Best Visual Effects, but also got nominated for some Razzies. Lots Ooh. of Razzies. Like, for, mo- like most of our movies. For Zelda Rubenstein's performance. Tangina. <gasps> <laughs> Even though she's like barely in the movie. Like, I don't know yeah. why they, there's, the Razzie people are so mean about that. Um, but anyways, yeah, it did well enough for there to be a third film. She was so bad in this movie, she couldn't even three. see in the door. <laughs> that was so What's funny. the third one called? Poltergeist 3. That's oh, it. Okay. Poltergeist 3. That's it. <laughs> the third side. The third side. Why I'm tra- pol- why isn't it Poltergeist 3D if they were already trying to bring 3D into this well, one? Well, maybe but by this point they're like, okay, we can, we can maybe make like a little bit more money, but the third one's yeah. not going to be as good. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, but a third movie is coming to the podcast and don't you worry. Um, but in the meantime, Elis, where can people keep in touch with us? Yeah. You can send us an email at sequelrights at gmail.com with your ghost stories and suggestions for future franchises and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at sequel rights. Please. For the love of God, send us ghost stories because oh, I do. love ghost stories. And, I want to hear them. And please leave us, uh, go and log on to your Apple iTunes, your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify's, uh, leave us reviews. Five stars would go a long way. Every star that you put up makes it less likely for Reverend Kane to show up on your doorstep. <laughs> 
<laughs> All of you, you are gonna die. That's right. That's right. I think I just threatened the listeners. <laughs> I, know, I, was thinking, I, was, I was about to be like, yeah, if you don't put the stars up. Which was not my intention, but no, we really, really appreciate blah. it. No, we love Officer, we love stars. I swear, it was just a joke. Yeah, we love stars. We love stars. We laughed afterwards. Um, anyways, uh, we'll see you guys all next week as we continue our spooky October with Poltergeist 3. <laughs>